Episode 245, it is Tuesday, January the 3rd, 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, there is only 355 days left until Christmas. So start right now buying all the crap that nobody really wants at today's prices before it's on sale at half price on the clearance racks on the day after Christmas. It's time to laugh, it's time to drink, it's time to think and feed the Megamouth Shark. This is the Paul Truesdell Podcast. Due to our extensive holdings, that of our clients and your host, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and that a conflict of interest exists. The information presented is provided for informational purposes. And now, Paul Truesdell. Well, what do you say we get started and uh, let's uh, get our guys together. Joining me every day is Roscoe. Yeah. Yeah, Roscoe, Roscoe. And we also have, uh, who else we have? We have Leon. <whistles> yes, we got the Reverend Ralph. Oh. And of course, none other than Curly Joe. Yes. So these are the men who um, are a few words, but they provide me with invaluable insight during each episode. Yeah. And so, uh, like I say, this is my crew. Yes. So one of the things I want to chat with you about is China. Let's uh, talk a little bit about China and listen to what China is doing when it comes to Walmart. Friday, China warned Walmart against removing products made in Xinjiang, a region where the U.S. government accuses China of running forced labor camps in the country's northwest, home to millions of Muslim minorities. In a statement, Beijing said to take down all products from a region without a valid region hides an ulterior motive, reveals stupidity and short-sightedness, and will surely have its own bad consequences. In a recent interview, when asked to name the biggest national security challenges facing the U.S., Vice President Harris said our democracy and the climate, she did not mention China. The- this woman, Harris, you, you got to sometimes just sit back and just wonder, how in the Sam hell did she become vice president? I, I realize Biden picked her, but really? Vice President Harris said our democracy and the climate, she did not mention China. The Washington Post reports China's ramping up its mining of social media, including Western way Facebook and Twitter, in an effort to boost its own propaganda. So the bottom line is you've heard me talk repeatedly about China. We have a problem in the United States. We don't manufacture anything. And all of these words, this soft peddling words, isn't going to cut it. We are in an economic war and have been, and we are losing it against China. Our country, you couldn't, if you wanted to, you could not manufacture what we need to go to war. And when I mean war, I'm talking about killing people and breaking things. We're concerned about here. We look at it all the time from an investment standpoint is just something that we discuss. Here's another good example. Auto industry experts say that next year, the chip shortage will continue. Prices will still be high, but sales will go up. As NPR's Camila Dominoski reports, this comes after a wild year for car makers. All year long, a lack of semiconductors has kept auto production down, and that reduced supply has pushed prices very high. On average, new vehicles are now going for hundreds of dollars over sticker price. The chip shortage is expected to last months longer. Some experts predict it will stretch into 2023. But people who have already put off buying a car might not be willing to wait much longer. So auto data site Edmonds predicts that this pent-up demand will drive car sales to increase next 
next year, despite sky-high prices and continuing production challenges. Well, I can tell you absolutely unequivocally beyond the exclusion of every reasonable doubt, I am not buying a new car. I will not uh, lease a new vehicle. I'm not paying the prices. I just had uh, my vehicle uh, repaired. The typical, it wasn't repaired, it was just the uh, typical maintenance, which is never exp- uh, never cheap. But here's the thing. I, I, I just, for those of you who have vehicles, I just know of a person that went out and got another vehicle. Why do you, why do you continually be in debt? I, I, I will never understand why people continually just have this desire to be in debt. Uh, it's wrong. Uh, you, you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to retire comfortably if you have any debt. And when it comes to chip shortages, you know, people are screaming and hollering, carrying on. I'm calling my lawyer. There's nothing to do. Call your lawyer, do whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. It's just going to cost more because the Chinese have got us over a uh, over a barrel. Now let's move into a story about, uh, I don't know, let's talk about building houses. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what is going to come up for those who are in the housing industry. Building a house can be expensive and time-consuming, so why build a house when you can print one? Well, that is exactly what Habitat for Humanity is doing. This is the first 3D-printed, owner-occupied Habitat home in the nation. That's Janet Green, CEO of the Habitat for Humanity chapter in Williamsburg, Virginia, she presented the inaugural 3D house at a ceremony to a very grateful mom and her 13-year-old. So one of the things that is important to remember is that this is not the first 3D printed house. These things have been going on for quite some time. And we have to define what 3D printing means. One of the items that a lot of people don't understand, and I've been talking about this now pretty heavily for about seven years. 3D printing is something I did a massive amount of research on about 10 years ago. And then in the last seven years, we really ramped up the discussion. 3D printing when it comes to making cement, making brick, laying down foundations, it's a big deal. But the point for this is for those of you who are saying, well, this is really great. That's fantastic. Yada, yada, yada. This is another thing where you're seeing the commoditization, the manufacturing techniques that are being applied to housing. And you're going to see fewer and fewer people who are going to be needed for manual labor. So, So in order to be competitive in this world, you've got to have skills that are practical. Going to college and learning something soft and stupid isn't going to cut it. You're going to end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. Mm -hmm, That's right. Now, young man, what do you want to do with your life? Somebody says, I want to go into construction and I want to make a career out of being manual labor. Uh, Good luck with that. But the thing that I think is important to just kind of get your head wrapped around, the world has always changed. And the Luddites, look it up. Pat, my friend in Tampa, knows all about that. You have people who are always fighting change. You can't fight change. If you do that, you might as well join the circus. Might as just be a clown. So as a result of that, what I want you to understand, when it comes to investing, when it comes to a career choice, when it comes to doing things new, you've got to take stock of a lot of different things. And with that, before we go to my next segment, let's get a commercial break in. We'll get a cup of coffee. I'll be right back in one minute. Hello, boys and girls. It's me, the Frito Bandido. You know what I heard about you? I heard you want to be a Frito Bandido like me. You do. Then you must sing the Bandido song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Frito Scorn Chicks back. Ay, 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 ay. 
I am the Frito Bandido. I like Frito's corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Frito's corn chips. I'll get them from you. do you remember the Frito Bandito and those corn chip uh, commercials from years ago? You probably couldn't do that today. Somebody would find offense to that, get their all underwear in a bind. Getting your underwear in a bind over stupid things is really... I find it disgusting. Here's an oldie but goodie. This is a woman. Her name is Ann Coulter. I've known Ann for a while. And this is back in 2019 when she was trying to give a talk. Listen to this and I'll elaborate. In California, over a thousand students linked arms and tried to physically block people from attending a talk by far-right TV personality Ann Coulter on the UC Berkeley campus Thursday evening. Police and riot gear escorted Ann Coulter and her fans inside Berkeley's famed Wheeler Hall for the talk, which was hosted by college Republicans. Students projected a giant sign reading Berkeley stands united against hate on the outside of the hall while inside a student was handcuffed and removed as she disrupted Coulter's speech. Six other protesters were arrested throughout the evening. The Southern Poverty Law Center has called Coulter an infamous far-right attack dog with ties to white nationalist organizations. I'm so sick and tired. I don't know about you, but I really am sick and tired of all of these people calling names. Always remember, never forget, people call names when they don't have an argument. And so everybody's a Nazi, everybody's a Hitler, everybody's a white radical, everybody's a black radical, everybody is, you know, the the boogeyman is always behind every corner. Everybody is, they're just... It's it's just, it's ridiculous. Free speech. And if you have ever paid attention to my little thing at the very end where I talk about advertising corrupts. And the point being is that we got to have free speech. You've got to talk about things in all ways, shapes, and form. We can't talk about the negative effects of 3D housing because, well, if you do, then that's going to be a problem for somebody. We can't talk about the Chinese control, the chip manufacturing. We can't talk about the fact that the Chinese are telling NBA teams and athletes and Apple what to do. Now they're telling Walmart what to do. Why don't we just, next time we run for, have somebody run for president, let's just put some, you know, one of the Chinese leaders on the ballot because they're the ones that are basically doing, controlling everything anyways. I mean, I'm getting a little bit disgusted with this thing. And here's another good example. Twitter has permanently suspended one of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's, a Republican from Georgia, on of her verified accounts, citing repeated violations of the social media platform's COVID-19 misinformation policy. Disinformation policy on COVID-19 means that these people will not allow for simple, rational discussion. And if people are too stupid to engage in a rational discussion, then we might as well go back to the days in which, you know... We just follow the religious leaders. Oh, science is the new religion. This keeps going on. 
we're going to have some real problems. Now, one of the items that I just got done listening to Bloomberg and made notes of it, actually, it was yesterday, I think, and I have my notes here. Bloomberg Radio at around 7.45, 7.30 in the morning was talking about how they can't believe that people do not believe that the election was fair when it, Biden and Trump. Well, of course, elections aren't fair. We know that the process should be legal and methodical. Now, I'm going to play you a clip from Rudy Giuliani. I don't care much for Giuliani. I don't have a dog in the Biden-Trump fight. I just don't care. What I do care about is process. If the law says X, that's what you're supposed to do. Listen to this, and I'll come back in just a second. Giuliani, who is, of course, President Trump's lawyer, said that election-related lawsuits are going to blow up after Christmas, which is, I guess, starting this week. In a podcast from just a few days ago, here's what he said. Starting after Christmas, this is really going to blow up because the evidence that all these um, crooked television networks, newspapers, big tech, and the leadership of the Democrat Party all have, been, have been giving you is false. And you're going to find it out all at once. It's going to be very shocking to the country. And then after that, he went on to further say that there is considerable movement in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin towards decertifying their election results. Now, how plausible is this to actually happen? Well, let's discuss it from two different angles. First of all, there is a new lawsuit right now that's working its way through the courts, which is seeking to block the counting of electoral votes from five contested states. The premise of that lawsuit is basically twofold. First of all, it argues that under Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution, presidential electors must be appointed by each state in the manner that's prescribed by the state's legislature. However, in several of the swing states, there were laws enacted which unconstitutionally delegated the authority to certify these votes from the legislative to the executive branches. Secondly, this lawsuit argues that state legislatures... That's actually a very important point. Let me jump in on this. When the legislature says, or when, the, when the, the U.S. Constitution says that the legislature is supposed to put and elect the electors, that is a, that's something that is, is very critical to do. Okay, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That has to be done. So let's review this and go, go through it again. Sure. However, in several of the swing states, there were laws enacted which unconstitutionally delegated the authority to certify these votes from the legislative to the executive branches. Secondly, this lawsuit argues that state legislatures, many of which are adjourned until January, basically next year, are being prevented from meeting and performing their certification duties. That's because in order to conduct a special legislative session, they need basically one of two things, either a supermajority or the governor's permission. However, this lawsuit alleges that the governors in these states are preventing lawmakers from meeting. And here's the question that I had when I was reading that. Given the fact that the Constitution places exclusive authority on running elections into the hands of state legislatures, how could it be constitutional for the governors to have the power to prevent and the legislature for meeting. Now, here's what I want you to think about for just a quick moment. You are entitled to a jury trial in a criminal case. But in your case, we're going to say, no, we're just going to go through arbitration. We're going to hire some attorney at random to to decide the case. Is that right or is that wrong? Is it right or wrong to say, okay, listen, we're going to revoke your bond and keep you in jail unless you plead guilty. And then we'll we'll give you time serve and a few extra uh, months in, in, in jail or prison. But we're going to coerce you and you say, but we're not going to give you a, we are not going to give you a, a trial because of COVID and because of the costs and the expenses, we're not going to do it. Now, what's this, how you're probably going to say, well, what's the, I don't get it. I don't get What's the difference? The difference is, and the similarities are, there are rules that are supposed to be followed, period. Rules have to be followed. 
If they're not followed, then we have chaos, and that is what we have. So, for example, another thing that we should all be paying attention to is airlines. at and Incorporated and Verizon Communications Incorporated rebuffed a request from federal transportation officials to voluntarily delay the launch of new 5G wireless services, extending a showdown that could lead to potentially disruptive U.S. flight restrictions as soon as this week. I remember when this 5G thing came out and people were saying the damages it was going to cause this that and everything else. And again, the overwhelming people in the media, and if you followed the advertising, phone companies and everybody just paid like crazy to quote journalists. There's no such thing as journalism, by the way. It's all propaganda. Everything is propaganda. They're saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with 5G, nothing wrong with 5G. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if we wind up having some really nasty airline crashes, somebody might actually get a little PO'd and, uh, well, there's going to be some tough times coming up. Somebody's going to be really PO'd. Late in the third quarter, Antonio Brown stripped off his jersey and pads on the sidelines of Sunday's Tampa Bay Buccaneers New York Jets game. I don't know if you saw the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, once again, uh, Tom Brady came uh, through and the team won. But this guy, this Antonio Brown, is a complete horse's ass. Let's play this again. I don't know. You can go online. You can look at the video. But he's not just a horse. He's probably very mentally ill. There's something really wrong with this guy. Late in the third quarter, Antonio Brown stripped off his jersey and pads on the sidelines of Sunday's Tampa Bay Buccaneers New York Jets game. He threw some gear into the crowd. He finished by running off the field shirtless, exhorting fans to cheer as he took a shortcut through the end zone to the tunnel. It was a surreal scene that led to the end of his tenure with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and raised questions about the professional future of a receiver who has had regular brushes with trouble. The guy should never have been hired by the Buccaneers regardless of how good he is. Let me tell you something. I do not watch sports. I stopped watching baseball, including hockey and football. Football first, because I'm sick and tired of people protesting and, and calling cops, you know, everything in the book. I, I was done with that. I will say I watch Little League Baseball and I watch curling. Yes, curling. He is no longer a book, Tampa Bay coach Bruce Arians said after the game. That is the end of the story. Our announcer should have said buck rather than book, but hey, listen, when you drop the K and write B-U-C, that's how it's properly pronounced. With that, we're going to do another commercial. We'll be back, get a cup of coffee, go piddle. One minute and 36 seconds. They'll know you've arrived when you drive up in the 1958 Edsel, the car that's truly new from nameplate to taillights. New from the front. New from the side. New from the rear. Only Edsel has the sleek, clean line design that sets it apart from the lookalike cars. And it combines new looks with the newest V8 engines in the world, the big new Edsel 400 and the power-packed Edsel 475. It is unlikely you have ever driven a car with so much real, usable power as the Edsel. And with Edsel's exclusive Teletouch Drive, you drive more safely, more easily than you ever have before. Because both hands can stay at the wheel while the Edsel shifts electrically. There's even the added luxury of new Edsel air suspension that's just like riding on air, because you are. And remember, of all the 
medium-priced cars, car for car, across the board. The 1958 Edsel is the one that's new and the lowest price, too. So see your Edsel dealer. You are listening to the Paul Truesdell Podcast. A new podcast is uploaded each Tuesday and Friday. For additional insights and access to non-public content, send an email to paul at paultruesdell.com. Include your name, city, and state. Now, back to today's episode. So one of the things that, um, you know, I remember the Edsel course. I was alive when the Edsel came out. And the bottom line is when you have things that are way ahead of their time, which is what the Edsel was, people can't handle it. It takes time for people to figure things out. That has actually been one of the problems here at Fixed Cost Financial. We've had to dumb down what we do to get people to understand. Don't take offense to that. It's not meant to be mean. It's simply... Surprise! Surprise! It, it is what it is. We've learned over time that you got to really work it. And one of the things that we did this weekend is I put together a 29-part series. If you'd like it, get a hold of me and I'll give it to you. Each of these segments that explains exactly what fixed cost financial does, what direct indexing is all about, what fractional shares are all about, what equal weighting is all about, why you want to avoid people who charge assets under management, all of that. It, they're all within a one minute, most of them are a minute, less than a minute long, bite-sized bites to give you just a very quick, this is the way it work and done. And so you kind of build it on and that, it turned out really nice. So with that, let's keep on going. Yes, only in San Francisco, but across the world as we now move into our COVID discussion. What's going on in Denmark? Scientists in Denmark looked at how well Omicron spreads in households, and they compared that to Delta. And first, they found Omicron is substantially better at infecting vaccinated people, so that's no surprise. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You got the vaccine because you wanted to avoid what? Vid, the COVID. You get the vax to avoid the vid, but as we've seen, when you start screwing with the human body. And this is not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. Say that with me. Gene therapy. Did you hear that? Gene therapy. That's really important to understand because once you understand that it's gene therapy. People got no respect for the brain dead. Then you begin to realize uh, maybe we should take our time with this and understand what's going on. Wait a minute. Why are people getting the COVID when they've been vaccinated? And why are people now who have had two, you know, they've had the first one, they've had the booster, but if they haven't had number three, they're not considered vaccinated. So the definition of what is vaccinated changes. Now, if you're going to get upset with me, you're going to really miss because this is a good segment and um, it has to do with from basically European intellectual inquiry into what the heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s, you know, very intelligent, highly educated population. And they went barking mad. Now, this is important. What he's referring to is in World War II, the German population, and of course, they're talking about the Germans in World War II. But watch how he connects this. In the 20s and 30s, you know, very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other, and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense. We can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. 
they literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you. I and I alone, okay, can fix this problem for you. Now, remember, Jim Jones uh, was able to get all of his people to go down to, I think it was Guyana. They drank the Kool-Aid, which was poisoned and spiked, and, and they died. A lot of people. During that event, a member of the United States Congress, and I don't remember where the congressman was from anymore, but they were fleeing for their lives to get back to a plane. The guy was shot and killed. So if you think mass formation psychosis does not exist, it does. And we've seen it on many of occasions out there, including things like the Salem witch trial. Okay, can fix this problem for you. Okay, then they will lead, they will follow that person through. It doesn't matter whether they lie to him or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. Does this sound familiar? It should sound familiar. We're seeing it every single day. Data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. This is central to mass formation psychosis, and this is what has happened. We had all those conditions. If you remember back before 2019, everybody was complaining, the world doesn't make sense, blah, 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 Um, and we're all isolated from each other. We're all on our little tools. We're not connected socially anymore, except through social media. Um, And then this thing happened, and everybody focused on it. That is how mass formation psychosis happens, and that is what's happened here. So for the record, I want you to always remember, never forget, that back in around October and September of 2019, we were well aware of what was going on in China because of what we do here, connections that I have in particular. And we made a determination based upon the facts at that time that this could be a really bad thing. And my mother and father went through the Spanish flu in, well, 1919, and as a result, I grew up hearing stories about that. And I've talked about that extensively on podcasts in the past. As things developed, we began to see how if Trump said X, Democrats said Y, no matter what was out there, it was just this, we're digging our heels in, we hate each other, and this is the way things are. Now, Trump is a, he's a babbling fool. So is Biden. Uh, People think that Obama was a great orator. He, he, he's not. We've had some of the, frankly, the most babbling, boobly, gobbly gook people running as presidents president I've seen in it. It just, it just shocks me. It really shocks me. I mean, there is very few. Jack Kennedy could give a talk. Uh, Nixon could give a talk. Um, even old Lyndon Baines Johnson could give a talk. Ronald Reagan was the greatest out there. Jimmy Carter, he did pretty good. Then you had Ford. He was just a, he was a maroon. My polite word for saying moron. He was drunk half the time when he was in the White House. Everybody knows that. But the problem is, you know, we've got this thing, this mass formation out there. And we knew what was going on. And we just said, man, this is not right. These people are all over the board. So what you have, you have leaders. And when you have leaders who say, hey, you have pain, I have a solution. They're just following old fashioned sales technique. People people will follow regardless of what the data is. The data is irrelevant. And again, if you question anything, they attack you. This is known as mass formation psychosis. And the attack comes from propaganda. And then eventually these people in power feel empowered to cut the dogs loose. And who are the dogs? It's law enforcement. And you have law enforcement officers who are dependent upon the government for their pensions and for their salaries. So they're going to come after you with, uh, it won't be pretty. It is what it is. 
So when you've got that going on, what else you have going on? You've got a lot of different things in terms of, well, you got to think about it. And and for us, we can, we, listen, we have the ability to think. So we started thinking about this stuff and we started realizing around April and May, uh-uh, this is, this is ridiculous. The numbers aren't there and, and they're, they're fudging on the numbers. They're fudging on a lot of different things. And people are dying for a wide variety of reasons. The number of people who are not getting proper medical care because they don't want to go to the hospital, they don't want to be exposed, that has exacerbated the issue. It just, it's all there is to it. As we played just a moment ago. People got no respect for the brain dead? No, none whatsoever. Now the new thing is fluvid. What is fluvid? The first case of what is being termed fluorona disease was detected in Israel this week. Fluorona disease is a double infection of COVID-19 and influenza. The first case of fluorona was detected in a pregnant woman at the Rabin Medical Center, an Israeli newspaper reported. Israel has been reporting a steady rise in COVID-19 cases. On Thursday, the country's health ministry reported 5,000 new COVID cases. So the vid is in everything. So now we got people who have both the flu and the COVID, and we have something called flu vid, and that'll be the next. Oh my God! Everything is gonna. It. It's just. People got no respect for the brain dead. Now let's talk a little bit about vax vulnerability. Hospitals across the country, including here in Southwest Florida, are reporting a rise in COVID-19 patients. In today's Your Healthy Family, data shows most of those patients in the hospital are unvaccinated. But a doctor says other hospitalized patients right now are part of a group called the vaccinated vulnerable. Dr. Amy Telleron with the Cleveland Clinic treats people who are in the hospital with the virus. She says the vaccinated vulnerable can include the elderly and people who are immunocompromised. The vaccinated vulnerable are those patients that have received the vaccine, but they have underlying conditions that make them more vulnerable to still getting an infection that may still be severe. Say what? You have people who are vax vulnerable. Vax vulnerable. Okay, we've been talking about this since, again, April and May of 2020, that there are underlying conditions. People who are grossly obese, people who have heart issues, clark arteries, diabetes, cancer, a lot of different issues that are out there that are going to kill you in one way, shape, form, or another. We began doing our own research and found that the overwhelming majority of people that are dying are old. They are at the end stages of their life. They have so many different issues going on, but that doesn't make any difference. If you tested positive and the thing spinny, spinny, spinny goes around and around and around, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to you're going to test positive for the vax and that's important because when it comes to those who are you know test positive there's more money to be made i wish uh, that i had some loftier purpose but uh, i'm afraid in the end it's just the money so you've got these people who are who are vaxxed and again you're supposed to hospitals across the country including here in southwest florida are reporting a rise in covid-19 patients a rise in covid-19 patients wait a minute is 
it possible that basically everybody's testing positive for it? We actually now have worldwide, in essence, herd immunity. Those who have had it once or twice, I know that I've had it at least twice, and it was no big deal. It was just literally like having a little cold. The first one was a little rougher. That was back in uh, 2020. It was in the uh, September, August timeframe of 2020. But if I've had a, a sniffle or something since then, it's not that big a deal. But the key thing is um, everybody's coming in as testing positive. So is this really something that we have to freak out about? It, again, like I say, it's not adding up. But what else we want to do? Let's shut schools down. Let's shut schools down. Parents of children in kindergarten through high schools around the country were bracing for changes in reopening plans after the holiday break amid a surge in COVID-19 cases. Milwaukee shelved its scheduled in-person reopening while Syracuse, New York canceled school. Milwaukee, which has about 71,000 students, decided to start classes remotely when school resumes on Tuesday because so many teachers have tested positive for COVID-19. Well, I happen to know Milwaukee very, very, very well. Lived there for quite a few years. In what seems like 175,000 years ago to me, I worked as a law enforcement officer in Milwaukee, and I can tell you that Milwaukee is not at all what it was years ago. A lot of those 71,000 kids they talk about, I can tell you they're dumber than a sack of rock, and you're going to put these kids doing homeschooling, distance learning? No. The reason why they're in school in the first place is they've got to be drum-beated, they've got to be... You know, you got to get them conditioned to go to work. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. It's uh, party time for them. So, you know, the future of employee here in the country, you know, it, it's, it's, look, there's a brain drain going on in the country. There's a real brain drain going on in the country. It's not a mystery. And years ago, people from all different places in the world, China, India, all across Europe, Russia, they came here. The smart people came here. But now, because of what we got going on, no, they're, they're staying where they're at. And in fact, a lot of people in the United States, a lot of programmers are going over to China. But again, the politicians running everything around here. People got no respect for the brain dead. And then, of course, in Australia, we've got another thing going on. This is amazing. It's been a long road to recovery for Maddie John. It's a really uncomfortable and um, quite a frightening experience. He felt like he was having a heart attack two days after getting the Pfizer vaccine. I just got this sharp pain that I've never experienced before in the centre of my chest. Diagnosed with severe pericarditis, he was off work. Pericarditis is a real thing. And I can tell you, I have been beating this drum beat constantly. Yeah. And I've been saying, you've got to be careful of this. I have a client who suffers from this. And if he's gotten vaccinated, I, I hope things work out. But I'm telling you, I have been very, very concerned about this for a while because um, yes, it's a real thing, folks. It's a real thing. Off work for 10 weeks. Maddie's not alone. It's estimated 79,000 people have suffered adverse reactions to vaccines. Now the government's offering compensation. Claims under $20,000 will need evidence from your doctor. Claims over $20,000 assessed by a team of legal experts. <laughs> so you have a claim and it's under $20,000, you get a doctor. <laughs> 
over 20,000, you got to go to the lawyer. The highest figure reserved for only the most serious of cases. I think it could cost the government a lot of money. Daniel Opare works at Shine Lawyers. He's looked closely at the government's scheme. If you do suffer pericarditis, it, it can uh, result in you being out of pocket. Um, you know, you might have to see a cardiologist, you might need procedures. Um, so it is definitely appropriate that there is a vaccination scheme there to compensate those people. But like all schemes, there are limitations. To make a claim, you must spend at least one night in hospital. And that's a clause that makes Matty John ineligible. He was admitted to hospital twice, but never stayed the night. See, you know, th- that's the thing. People, you, you get so screwed over out there. And like I've always said... I wish uh, that I had some loftier purpose, but uh, I'm afraid in the end it's just the money. So you've got people that, you know, they're, they're just don't, they don't have the ability to go and work at different jobs. They're not self-employed. They can't tell people to go pound salt. They get vaccinated and they wind up having pericarditis. And, and it, it, some people have died. They've had heart attacks, etc. And you can't sue the drug manufacturer manufacturers for various reasons. Now in Australia, they'll pay as much as $600,000 out to you. But again, one of the caveats is like you've got to spend a night in the hospital. Again, it's it's always the same thing. Uh, we have people running the government and running programs. People got no respect for the brain dead? They're not brain dead. They know exactly what they're doing. Now we've got a couple other things here. And this one is with Fauci. And this is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to break it down to, for you as as we go along, because when I heard this, I was just utterly shocked. And I want to ask specifically about hospitalization. One of the recent concerns, I'm sure you're getting asked a lot about this. How do you explain the sudden increase in hospitalizations among children? I mean, if Omicron is less severe and 15 to 20 percent less likely yeah. to send someone to the hospital, how, why are we seeing this sudden increase in children at hospital with COVID? Now, remember, again, the variant is supposed to be less deadly. It's more widespread. This is very common. Viruses do this. This is nothing new. This goes back way beyond Louis Pasteur. We've been dealing with this forever. Okay. I would encourage you to do your own research on germ and terrain theory. Understand the two. But again, why all of a sudden, why all of a sudden, the number of children that are in hospitals are testing positive? That's not what he said. What you and I and everybody have been told by propagandists is that they're going to the hospital because of the virus. So listen very carefully. Well, that's a good question. And there are two things that contribute to that. First of all, quantitatively, you're having so many more people, including children who are getting infected. Okay, that's important. We've been saying this for a long time. That again, it's how you spin it. But see, now people are upset. They're going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something's not right here. What's going with the kids? Kids always get more emotional play. So listen to what this guy says. Fauci, who's got the largest pension in the history of the United States, it's just unbelievable what this guy's going to get. And, the, and he's exempt from the, the pay. I mean, he gets paid millions. He and his wife, boy, they, they've done pretty damn well. Well, that's a good question. And there are two things that contribute to that. First of all, quantitatively, you're having so many more people, including children, who are getting infected. And even though hospitalization among children is much, much lower on a percentage basis than hospitalization for adults, particularly elderly individuals. However, when you have such a large volume of infections among children, even with a low level of rate of infection, you're going to still see a lot more children who get hospitalized.
hospitalized. But the other... Okay, so all of the arguments that we have made and others that just because you test positive doesn't mean that's what you died of when it comes to the vid. Now that we have children and people are saying, whoa, this is crapola, what's going on? The tune, the story has changed 180 degrees, period. The important thing is that if you look at the children who are hospitalized, many of them are hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. Yeah. Okay, so I have been, uh, I, I stopped going to a, a group called West Shore Alliance. And even though I'm an ambassador there, I don't go there anymore because there's people that work there that literally were absolutely horrifically mean to me when we attended these events. I said, no, y'all are nuts. This is BS. I'm not wearing a mask. I've already had it. And this is just pure control propaganda out there. And they wouldn't listen to the logic and just attacked me. One girl was just uh, obnoxious. I stopped going. So I, what I do is, hey, not wanted, don't go. Not wanted, don't go. Have no problem with that. There's still millions and millions of people for me to work with. But here's the thing. Notice how Fauci has done a complete 180 and, oh, well, no, this is no big deal. As if, as if, well, of course this is the case. And what we mean by that, if a child goes in the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as a COVID hospitalized individual. So if the counting is bad, the way it's taking place for children, but the counting across the world and every night on CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, every one of them, oh, dun, 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 they put on the massive number of people that are being infected. And you wonder why we talked about, again, mass psychosis, how you have this massive problem going out there. No, you should not have any. Yeah, you get it. Mass formation psychosis. That's what we're dealing with. When in fact, they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that. So it's overcounting the number of children who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID as opposed to because of COVID. You're overcounting everything, you jackass. People got no respect for the brain dead. Listen, here's the thing. You know, you got to understand, for those of you who can connect the dots, who have the ability to have an internal monologue, you talk to yourself, you figure things out, you're following this podcast. Okay, most people are never going to follow this podcast. They're going to check out because, frankly, they... Mitch, there's something you're going to have to understand. Compared to you, most people have the IQ of a carrot. Most people have an IQ of a carrot. I mean, that's the fact. And for me, I had a discussion with somebody recently, and, and I hope they don't take offense to this, but it's like coffee. I have people who they literally are spending a million dollars in their working years over coffee. Okay, like for example, let me give you an example. Something that never happens here. Hey, I'd like to have a cup of coffee. Run down and go like several miles, like five miles away to the nearest Starbucks and buy a whole bunch of coffees, big ones, bring them back in a carrier, and we'll all have coffees from Starbucks. Why? By the time you go down there and come back, it's going to cost an absolute arm and a leg. You're paying a hundred times more than what it's going to cost to do it here. In fact, ours is going to be better because we're going to grind it, we're going to roast it, we're going to, et cetera. But oh no, no, we're going to go through it. Here's the thing. You can't help people who are airheads. You can't help people that are scatterbrained. You can't help people that are completely disorganized who are going to follow whatever somebody says. And when it comes to good logic, no, they've got convoluted logic. You, you can't help 
help people that are self-destructive. And one of the things I think I actually might do is create a coffee shop called Feel Good. It's called Feel Good Coffee. And so when you come by, you're going to get your $10 cup of coffee, but our people are going to be trained so well because they're going to be paid a lot of money. And so when you pull up, they're going to go, they're going to know your name. Oh, hi, Bob. How you doing? Oh, the car looks so good today. Oh, I, hi, Louise. Hi, love the haircut. Oh, you, you're just, have a great day. Rah, 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 hip, boom, bah. And so we engage people. It's not just, thank you for, thank you for coming to Walmart. Thank you for shopping at Costco. Thank you for Sears. You know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that, you know, write your name on the cup. No, we're going to say, have a great day. Everything is good. Ooh, so happy, happy, because that's what people want. You stupid. What's 9 plus 10? 21. You stupid. I wish uh, that I had some loftier purpose, but uh, I'm afraid in the end it's just the money. It's just the money. So if you want to make money, just suck up to people and say, oh, you're so everything, blah, blah, blah. This is so wonderful. But again, a lot of us are out here and you know what we're tired of? We're tired of... Tired um, of uh, being jerked around. What was that again? Tired of uh, being jerked around. Yeah. Oh. Yes. And the boys all agree. So with that, we're going to uh, drop a couple songs in for those who are clients or friends. Uh, hang with me and uh, you'll have two additional items we're going to talk a little bit about. With that, let's uh, get uh, a freshest start with uh, this song. Now, if you're new to the Paul Truesdale podcast, always remember, never forget, we own the rights to all of our music. Uh, but unfortunately, because of uh, Facebook and other organizations, they tend to bounce us. So we don't use social media to promote our stuff. You got to go to the website, go to uh, what we got going on here. But I kind of like to have a little bit of a uh, music at the very end. Uh, I know that Franny, Franny, you like this, right? Don't you? In addition to which, one of the things I always tell people is that when you're working out, have some music that uh, is, is a ramming, jamming, pumping type of thing, and uh, time goes by faster. Have an audiobook, have a podcast, have listen to the Paul Trudeau podcast, and listen to some ramming, jamming music, work out, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, stretch, bend. And eat natural. Stop eating all the carbs and all the preservatives out there. Remember... You want to make your body as inhospitable as possible to germs. You're not going to get rid of the germs. And that is what the terrain theory is all about. Germs are going to be here everywhere. But if you make yourself less likely to be a victim, yeah, that's good. There is no magic cure. There's no secret trick. There's no rabbit you're going to pull out of the hat. There's no pixie dust. There's no pill that's going to solve all your problems. 90% of the problems you're going to have in life are the result of you just being lazy and not doing what you need to do. If you want to solve things, it ain't, it, listen, it ain't hard. It requires determination. It requires a routine and persistence. Seriously, it's all it takes. This is Rusted. It's called Rusted Wounded. 
Maybe this should be played on behalf of Alex Baldwin. Has he shot and killed anybody else lately? I didn't think to check the gun. Only been in Hollywood for how many decades, you moron? Yeah. you want to do some jumping jacks man pop them in jumping jacks are a good thing do some jumping jacks do some squats do some planking do a little bit of sit-ups do a little bit of push-ups you'll feel lousy at the end of the day but you know what tomorrow you're gonna feel better you gotta be healthy if you want to fight off the germs so Bottom line is, we are going to get out of here. Thank you for joining me today. Come back tomorrow. Tomorrow. Come back on Friday. I'm sorry about that. Come back on Friday and uh, become a friend. The Wrap-Up. This has been the Paul Truesdell Podcast. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored by nobody. Why? Because paid advertising chokes and corrupts free speech. Production and hosting for the Paul Truesdell podcast provided by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, a true fiduciary based registered investment advisor and manager. Visit fixedcostfinancial.com. That's fixedcostfinancial.com.